Hello and welcome back to episode eight. Yes, eight of the Church Girl Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up. Honestly, first of all, I know I kind of start off every. I'm getting to a point now where I start off every podcast kind of like just sharing my pre-podcast thoughts. I guess you can say, but. For episode eight, I just kind of want to take a moment and like recognize the fact that I'm I'm really am at a point right now with this podcast where I'm really proud of what I'm doing. Like last year around this time, I had started a YouTube channel and I was really excited about that, was really into it, was really down to like do all the things that came with that. Because believe it or not, if you if you've never tried to start a YouTube channel before, there is a lot that goes into it like it is not for the faint of heart like if you are really somebody who really intends to take youtube seriously it's a lot of time it's a lot of effort it's a lot of money it's a lot of of just you know trying to grab moments to catch content like it's just a lot it's a lot and i when covid hit and everything that happened over last year hit it was just kind of like there's no way i can make youtube happen right now like i know everybody was in the house making videos and stuff like that because they didn't have nothing else to do but it kind of like killed first of all it killed my creativity for it but then also it just kind of like it it, it kind of because the way that i was like getting my videos done and stuff like i wasn't I, at the time i wasn't editing on my own computer i was using a friend of mine's but when we all went into quarantine i couldn't do that anymore and so like it's, it's just been really hard to kind of give my all to YouTube. But um, I'm, I'm kind of happy about that because I found a new outlet and it's been, you know, creating the Church Girl podcast and dedicating my time, my creativity and my effort and and uh, just just practicing a new level of discipline as well because I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who sometimes I, I, I do start things and, and not finish them. I do kind of have a habit of that. And it's just because I, my mind is so full of ideas and, and I'm, I'm so kind of sporadic when it comes to the things that I'm into and, and my creativity. And when it peaks, it just peaks. And when it's done, it's done sometimes. And, and, and sometimes it's not even that it's done. It's just that, okay, I hit my peak and now I need to move on to something else because this is kind of starting to become too much of a norm. You know what I mean? Like I just, I have to always feed my creativity and so sometimes that means I'll pick up a project and then I'll put it down but I will say that I'm proud of myself because I, I attempted if you didn't know I had attempted to kind of create a podcast with a friend of mine um like shoot it's been a long time since we really sat down and made an episode of that podcast it's been a while might have been it might have been like over a year now as a matter of fact but we had done a couple episodes and even those episodes, there wasn't really no schedule. It was just whenever we felt like it. And there was no, like, real work ethic behind it. So it just kind of fizzled out. Um, and that's not to say that we'll never, like, get back together and record another episode. Because, again, it really is just whenever we feel like it. But it just wasn't something that I could really, like, dedicate myself to. Versus when I started this podcast, it was something that I... It, it, it's like, it's my new baby. Like, it's it's my new my new thing it's 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 and it's also become something that I feel is not only just like feeding me creatively but it's also feeding me spiritually as well as mentally and I'm um I feel like I'm I'm more close to what God is needing me for 
than I was when I was doing my YouTube, if, if that makes sense. That's not to say that I never plan to go back to creating content for YouTube. That's something that I still have a passion for. I still love video editing. I still love creating, you know, uh, art in the form of, of, of visually and with, with film. I still love the concept of that. I still plan to utilize it. So I'm definitely gonna come back to my YouTube at some point. It's just that right now, this is where God has led me to be. This is what he's instructed me to do. And so I'm doing that. But with all that being said, episode eight of the Church Girl Podcast, I wanna talk about something that has been, it was kind of the 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 very beginning for me of the life that I, I, I'm living right now. And when I say that, what I mean is the way that I, I view life, the way that I think about life, the way that I conduct myself through, through my life experiences. And I'm saying it this way because I wanna talk about fear. And if you notice what I mentioned beforehand, you know, the way that I live my life, the way that I conduct myself, um, the way that I view life, there was a very long time in my life where all of those things were filtered through the lens of fear. I was afraid of living life, petrified of stepping outside of my comfort zone and giving myself the chance to be happy because I had known hurt and pain and depression and anxiety my entire existence, it felt like. There was no reasonable reason, no rational reason to not view life through the lens of fear. That's that's how I felt. That's the way that I thought. And that's how I made all my decisions. And what you come to find out is when you live life through the lens of fear, you limit yourself from such a, a, a depth of, of experiences and, and, and knowledge and like zest. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 you're, you, 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 you're so busy reacting to fear or even the thought of fear or the possibility of fear that you're kind of just disregarding all the beautiful things that can happen for you when you step outside that fear. And I feel like it's really important to talk about it, particularly on this, this episode of the podcast, because I, I know that for a lot of folks who are, who are again, trying to navigate your kind of your first steps of of embracing relationship with God. I've, I've talked about you know a whole lot of other hurdles that come with embracing relationship and committing to relationship and and being disciplined within relationship. I've talked about all that, but I want to talk to those who have that fear for for whatever reason you are fearful of this walk with God. You're fearful of what your relationship with God will will become what it will look like, how it will change you and, and, and force you outside of your comfort zone. I understand that fear because whether you believe it or not, a lot of people experience that same kind of fear. Even I experienced that fear. And, and I wanna share at least what I've understood about my process of overcoming that fear. When I started my walk with God, I, I'll, I'll even, I'll even, matter of fact, I'll tell you what I feel is the moment that I, I truly embraced relationship with God. I'll tell you the moment. And, I, and I've talked about it before. I've talked about it in passing. I've talked about it. I, I, 
can't even, I don't know if I particularly talked about it on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure I have. I'm quite sure I have. If I've talked anything about my relationship, I know I've probably talked about it. But just, just to refresh your memory, just in case. The moment I truly surrendered, and see, we're going to get into that as well, because that's what a lot of people fear about relationship with God. They fear surrendering. They they fear giving God that much power over their life. Because before you have relationship, you are fully under the under the impression that you control everything and you have the power over your life. Or at least that's the way you conduct yourself. If if you you have the ability to believe that there is nothing higher than you, there is no no higher being that controls all things. When you when you live life like that before embracing God, it's 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 petrifying the idea of surrendering yourself and your life to a, a higher being. Because you don't want to let go of that power or that perceived power, should I say. But we'll get to that. But as I was saying, the moment I abandoned fear and decided to trust God and take the journey on the path to relationship with God, I was at work and it was it was the it was the most random job I had ever gotten. But at the same time, like I had gotten fired from my job before that and I really needed a job. It paid well and it was a quote unquote pretty good job. You know, I was doing a whole, I, I, I was I was reception, so I was doing a whole lot of paperwork and filing and just a lot of computer work and stuff like that. Not too not too hard of a job to do, and it paid pretty well, and I was decent. I would get up and go to work at about 7:30 in the morning. I get off around two o'clock, three o'clock, three o'clock at the very latest, and I would have the rest of the day to go home and do whatever the heck I wanted to do. But I was so miserable. I mean, I was just miserable. I, I hated, I hated life. Like I had gotten to a point where even after like, because I, I was telling y'all on the last episode when I worked at Macy's and I was, I was there for like a year and a half and I had, you know, gotten promoted to supervisor. And I was, I was at that point, I was, I was, you know, toying with the idea of God, not really, you know, embracing him in, in his fullness, but at that point, I was, you know, praying with a little bit more faith than usual, but not a whole lot, if you get what I mean. I, I didn't fully believe that it would happen, but I, 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 I prayed like I thought he, like I felt like he could do it. You know what I mean? It was kind of sort of that, that it wasn't that all in type of faith. It was sort of that, uh, you know, in case all else fails, I'm going to just send this prayer up real quick and hope that works. It was that kind of faith. But that you can't build a relationship like that. The same way you can't be half in and half out of a of a, a a regular relationship between, you know, you and your partner. You can't do that with God either. That same fear that you have when you're dating people and things start to get get, you know, kind of a little a little too serious before you you feel like it's time. You know what I mean? It's that kind of fear that that we that we work in when we are entertaining the idea of relationship with God. But God is not to be loved half-heartedly because he doesn't love you half-heartedly. Remember what I said last episode? You can't play God. There's no toying with his emotions and playing games. So if you're if you are 
just simply playing with the idea of relationship, it's going to take you a minute. Trust me. But as I was saying, I was working this, this new job. It was a pretty decent job. It was probably the most I had been getting paid for a job in, in my entire employment history. And I was still completely miserable. I was absolutely miserable. I was using up all my sick days. I would ask to leave early all the time. Like it was getting to that point. And as crazy as it sounds, in my past, that had been a a, a a habit of mine where I would I would start working a job and I'd work it and I'd work it and I'd work it and after a while something in my something inside myself it would just like when you when you get to a point where you start calling out of work and you don't even care about the lost wages that's when you know you don't want to be there and you might as well quit because if you don't they're probably going to fire you anyway when you stop caring about the fact that you're losing money because you're not going to work probably time for you to be done with that because why waste some people's time and why waste your time clearly you don't want to be there and that's what would happen for me and it wasn't because I was ungrateful for having a job that's not it at all it's just that I would get to a point where this this doesn't feel fulfilling this doesn't feel like something that I'm comfortable doing for the rest of my life why am I here why am I wasting my time it almost feels like torture. Like, why am I forcing myself to to settle for this mediocrity? I don't even know where to begin to, to plan a career with this because I don't have no passion for it. And, you know, the, 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 the more I grow within this relationship with God, the more I understand he used that within myself to let me know that it wasn't what he had in store for me. And I thank him for that. At the time, I didn't I, I didn't know what it meant. And it frustrated me. But I thank God for that because he was trying to trying to move me forward in my life. But I say all that to say this. I was miserable in this job. It had gotten to a point where I didn't care about calling out, using up all my sick days, asking to leave early, making up excuses to leave work early, all this crazy stuff. I was doing all that and it became I just got I just got in such a dark place because at this point, I had, like I said, this was the, the 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 job that I had been getting paid the most at, and it had the best hours, and it had the best benefits. Like, even though I hated this job and I was miserable, I knew I needed to keep it. At least in that moment, I felt like I have to keep this job. There's, I can't lose this job. I can't. But the harder I held on to it, the more miserable I was. I mean. I'm talking about I would go to my car at lunchtime and eat lunch by myself and sometimes just listen to sad music and cry. That's how much I, I was I was like absolutely miserable. And it was getting to a point where I, I wasn't even able to hold it in till lunch no more. Like it would be moments throughout my work day where I would, you know, excuse myself to go to the bathroom and I would go in the bathroom and I'd sit in the bathroom for a good 10 minutes and just cry and that was another thing that started happening I would because I couldn't always call out from work I would do my I would do everything in my power to disappear into the bathroom every chance I got and I know a lot of us are familiar with that concept 
I know a lot of us have at some at one point or another at a kind of job that allows you to do this anyway. But at some point or another, I know you you sick of this dang on job. You sick of these people at this dang on job. Too many people is talking to you. Too many people is asking you to do stuff. You don't even want to be here. I'm about to go hit the bathroom for a good 15 minutes. Y'all going to think I'm taking a number two. But I'm just in here chilling because I need to get away from y'all for a minute. For me, it was that times 10. It was, I literally cannot be here right now, but I cannot leave. So I, I I have to go to the bathroom and just be by myself for a minute. And while I'm in this bathroom, I'm going to try to cry all these tears and get them all out before I got to go back up here and act like I'm okay because I'm in front of all these people. That became a norm. And my manager at the time was starting to notice that I was having a lot of frequent and long bathroom breaks. That's not cool when you work reception. You're literally the face the first face people see when they walk in, you got to be there. You have to, and it's a medical practice. So you got, these people are trying to check in for their appointments. Like ain't no time for none of that. But I remember on one particular day, the bathroom breaks. I was, I was out of bathroom breaks. She was watching me like a hawk. And I just, I knew at any moment I am going to bust out crying. I know I am. I can feel it. I can feel the, the hot tears bubbling on the back of my eyeballs. Like, I know they're coming. And I don't know how to hold this in right now. I don't know how to do it. And so, I did something that I, I, I don't regret, but I know, it was, I know it was wrong. I made up a, a, a family emergency excuse. Using the tears that I'm crying because I'm miserable and, I, and I, I, I'm I'm so deep down dark in depression using those tears to to convince my manager at the time i need to leave i have to go i need you to let me leave please because i can't i, I can't i'm done like i'm done for the day i can't be here i can't stop these tears from, from falling down my face I don't have the energy or the mental capacity to, to, to try to be happy and cheery in front of these people who are trying to check in for the appointment. I can't be, I can't do this today. Some people can, can sit here and pretend to be happy and, and put a smile on and fight through it and, and do that and be cool. I can't do it, especially on this day right here. These are all the things that I'm saying to myself while I'm trying to explain to her. I got a family emergency. I need to leave. So she lets me leave. And I grab my stuff and I walk out crying. And I am absolutely bawling as soon as I get in the car. I mean, I, I'm crying harder than I've cried in, in years. And trust me, I've cried quite hard quite a few times especially in high school. I, I, matter of fact, I distinctly remember the first time I cried, probably the hardest I've, I, I ever cried in my life. I remember the very first time I felt like I cried that type of cry. I was in sixth grade. I was in sixth grade. And my very best friend in the whole wide world told me that she couldn't be my friend no more because her mom didn't like black people. Said it straight to my face. Like, and I, I had noticed that she had started kind of acting funny, but I didn't know why. And so I kind of just like 
let it speculate for a couple days until one day I just walked up to her and I was like, I think I just asked her like, well, what's going on? Like, are, what's, are we, I, I thought we were friends and, and she just flat out says it like, I can't be your friend anymore because my mom doesn't like black people. And at the time, I didn't even understand what that meant. I was in sixth grade. I didn't even understand like that that particular statement was racist. That's not what I could conceptualize as racism at the time. And it wasn't, and I, honestly, if I'm truly speaking honestly, it wasn't until years later that I realized it was racist. It was just that in the moment, my best friend was telling me she can't, like, not even for a reason that I can even control. Like, for it, it hadn't, and, and, and what was even crazier than that was I had met her mom on, like, parent-teacher nights and stuff like that. I'm convinced I had met her mom before. She'd seen me around her before. So it was just kind of shocking in that moment. And it was right, it was right after school let out. And so she said that to me. And I was like, what? And then she just kind of walked away. But all I really took away from that, 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 that brief and painful conversation was my best friend just told me, we're not friends anymore. The, the 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 one friend that I had just told me we are not friends anymore because you're black and we'll probably never be friends again because you can't change being black and my mom don't like black people so sucks for you we're just not friends no more to say that I was hurt is an understatement to say that I was devastated is an understatement because at this by by sixth grade oh my depression was running deep Oh, it was deep. I had fully embraced self-loathing by sixth grade. Because sixth grade is where, you know, puberty starts to kick in. And you start watching your... Because, again, she was my best friend. I had acquaintances, but she was, like, my very best friend. But still, you watch who you consider to be your acquaintances and your friends and just your peers in general. You know, you start to identify who all the, the quote-unquote pretty girls are in the class and who all the quote-unquote cute boys are in the class. And you start seeing them interact with each other and, and how differently they interact with a girl like me who's bigger, taller than everybody in the room, even the boys, to the point that they're there when I'm walking around school and, 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 and they see me in the classroom, they call me Big R which for a sixth grader, that's a huge blow to my self-esteem. I don't want to be, I don't want you to perceive me as big in sixth grade because we've identified that, you know, through through playground role sessions that being fat is not cool. So I don't want you to view me as big at all. But clearly you do because every time you see me, you calling me big R. So self-loathing is through the roof at this point. That mixed with now, my very best friend telling me that we're not friends no more because I'm black. Something else I feel like I can't change about myself. Can't change being big. Can't change, you know, being black. All of these things are out of my control. I can't change any of it. But it's because of all these things that it seems like my whole world is being torn apart. I got on the bus. And that was the very first time I think I cried to my soul. I'll never forget that level of pain, ever. 
I'll never forget that level of pain. And 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 I knew it was pain because I was crying, but it wasn't even boohoo crying. It was like silent, but like there was rage in it to a point like rage about the fact that I couldn't change these things and like it was oh it was it was painful I'll never forget it that's how painful it was and this happened again this happened to me in sixth grade I'll never forget that pain it was with that same level of emotion that I, I, I left my job that day and I got in the car and I bawled my heart out I cried, I screamed, I, 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 I moaned. Every audible sound that I could make that could release the, 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 the pain that I felt, I just let it out. I, I slammed, you know, my hands on my steering wheel. I, 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 ooh, I let it out. And in the midst of that, something in me shifted and I, I began talking to God because I felt like I had I, I had been trying to figure this thing out by myself. I, I had done everything I knew how to do. I'd done everything that everybody else told me that I was supposed to do. And none of it was seeming to work. I'd given a life of believing in nothing, a trance, and it didn't work. So, so fine, fine. If there is a God God, I, I give my whole life to you. I surrender. It's yours. If, you, if you're up there and this is what you have, have, have seen fit for me to have in my life, then you are the same person who can change it. Because I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't believe in a God who could let this be what the remainder of my life is supposed to be. What kind of God is that to believe in? No, I believe in a God, if I'm going to believe in a God, I believe in a God who is going to bless me the way that people talk about. I believe in a God who's going to deliver me from this pain that I feel, from this inadequacy that I feel. If, if, if I'm going to believe in a God, that's the kind of God I'm going to believe in. And because I, I, I'm choosing in this moment to believe in you, it's yours. Take my life. Do what you need to do with it. Because this ain't it. This is not what a blessed life looks like. And I don't want it. Take it. Fine. Is, 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 it, is it that you, you need me to just surrender? Fine. I'm surrendering. I'm giving everything to you. Take it. Show me what it is that that people believe in show me this power show me this this healing show me this deliverance because what i i feel like i've only known a life of pain i've only known a life of strife if you are the the, the so-called god who heals the one who provides the one who loves unconditionally and, 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 and what you're requiring to, to receive that is surrendering. My life is yours. Take it. Show me what I'm supposed to do. Give me, give me, under, give me understanding. Give me direction. What do you want from me? 
If you tell me right now, I'll do it. Because I've run out of options. I've run out of of of, of rational things to, 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 to fix these situations. I've tried therapy. I've tried drugs. I've tried everything that I can think of. And, 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 and hear me loud and clear. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that therapy and, and medication for whatever mental health, um, you know, issue that you're dealing with is not effective. But for me in particular, my deliverance comes from God. My healing comes from God. My, my, my understanding comes from God. And at this point in time, I, I don't feel the need for a, for a therapist. I, I've done more healing with God and within myself than I ever have sitting in a, in a therapist's office. And that could be due to the fact that, you know, I've just not had very good therapists. That could be, that could be quite true. And I'm not even going to say that I'm opposed to going to therapy at some other point in my life. Not saying that at all. But in that moment, as well as this one, in that moment up to this one, it's been God guiding me through this, this thing. And I'm going to stick with that. Until he directs me otherwise. But still, in that moment, I'm begging, I'm, 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 I'm begging God to change me and to take my offering that is my soul, that is my life, that is everything that I am. Take me and change me. Give me a new life. I've already, I, 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 I finally understand that I don't want this life. It's why I've been suicidal. It's why I hate myself. It's why I... I, I hate my life because I don't want it. This life don't feel like it belongs to me. It feels like I'm being forced into this life. So whatever this life of mine is, take it. Do what you want with it. Because whatever you do with it, got to be better than what I'm, what I'm going through. And I kid you not, a few days after that, I put in my two weeks and my job. And I didn't even stay the full two weeks. I ended up leaving like a few days earlier than the two-week notice. But I put in my two weeks, and I sat down, and I had a conversation with my grandmother. And I explained to her exactly what I felt was happening for me and in that moment. Because no sooner than I, I gave God, I offered up that 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 surrenderance he began changing me he began working on me he began pushing me out of my comfort zone pushing me out of fear revealing my flaws and the things that I needed to to work on things that I was terrified to 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 admit to before things that I was too afraid to be honest with myself about he started revealing those things as soon as I surrendered as soon as I, I accepted the fact that my life and, and, and my will is not, is not my own. And it never was. As soon as I accepted the fact that his purpose for my life is, is what I need to be focused on. And it's what I need to have faith in and reject fear in order to practice it and to chase it and to live in it. As soon as I accepted that. As soon as I let go and literally let go and let God, he began to deliver me. And, and, and within that deliverance was revealing a lot of the places 
and a lot of the things that I needed to let go of fear in order to accept and in order and in order to receive. As soon as you decide to embrace relationship with God, one of the first things he's going to strip you of is that fear. Because when it comes to God's purpose for you, fear has no place in that. At my church, and I know it's a scripture as well, but at my church, growing up, we used to sing this song. God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given unto us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and a sound mind. It was one of my favorite songs to sing growing up. We sung it all the time in the kids' choir. But I was really learning that that's exactly the truth. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's not something that he gave to us. That's not something that he's He's forcing on us either. Because in order to succeed at fulfilling his will for you and, and your purpose, you have to get rid of fear. Fear is not your friend. Fear is not your friend. As a matter of fact, fear is the enemy. Fear is that hating, that hating, nah, nah, who don't want to see you win. Start viewing fear as that person who always, always want to downplay you or, 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 you know, discredit your achievements or, or make you feel like you can't do nothing. You ever, you ever met that kind of person who just every time you, you come up with an idea or something that you want to do, they just got to be negative. They, they got to be pessimistic. They got to be cynical. That's somebody who really scared on the inside. If I'm being real, that's somebody who ain't figured out how to step outside their own comfort zone. So they trying to stop you from stepping outside of yours. That's 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 fear personified. And fear is so strong that it, it, it don't even take another person for 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 us to feel that. Sometimes you feel that all, already in your, inside yourself, that spirit of fear. And it, and it hinders you from true growth in relationship and truly fulfilling your purpose you gotta let you gotta learn to let go of fear and 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 trust me i know when i say this that you if, if you're somebody who is struggling with let go letting go of that fear or letting go of any kind of fear i know you're you're you're, you're thinking to yourself right now as you're listening to this man that's easier said than done you absolutely right it is you absolutely right now what We've identified that it's easier to say that than to get it done. But now what? Is you going to get it done or not? You're going to keep hindering yourself from being blessed or not? You're going to deny yourself from growing as a person or not? Of, of, of truly living within your purpose or not? It's either or. You got two choices. Either you, you do it or you don't. And as you'll come to find out, you do, you ain't nothing you do when it come to God that's half-hearted. Because I can guarantee it ain't going to work out for you. I can guarantee that. I'm somebody who struggled. Like I said, I, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I was agoraphobic for an entire year of my life. There was an entire year of my life that I did not leave the house because I was afraid. And it, it wasn't even a... A, a true fear of being outside it was a fear of people looking at me outside and even after conquering that I still experienced a, an extreme amount of social anxiety 
it's and I, I truly feel to this day that it's a big portion of the reason why I, I dropped out of college because in a college environment you really don't got time to be socially anxious especially when a lot of your assignments are group projects and you too scared to even talk to people to to to, to partake in a group project that that don't bode well for your grades trust me but God had to break me out of that and a whole lot of other stuff that that I was holding myself back with fear fear is not your friend fear is not that that help it's, 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 it's not it's that it's that voice in the back of your head that that tells you to doubt yourself that tells you to doubt God it's real cool it's it's besties it's bros with with insecurity oh they have a good old time together fear and insecurity two peas in a pod but what i've learned is to eliminate insecurity you got to start with fear because because is fear not at the root of all insecurity the fear of being judged isn't that the literal definition of insecurity I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and mention that that conversation we had about discipline. Conquering fear is also hand in hand with discipline, because again, you got to be disciplined enough to force yourself out of your comfort zone. You got to be committed enough to force yourself out of you know operating out of fear, out of making decisions out of fear, because fear is not gonna get you nowhere. If you have any hope for having a better life, for bettering yourself, for having a deeper understanding of yourself, you're going to have to wade through a whole lot of fear. And you're going to have to become comfortable with confronting your fear. Because it's, like I said before, it's behind a lot of that fear where you, you truly get to the, the beautiful parts of, of, of the experience that is life. Fear will be that 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 voice in the back of your head that convinces you that ch chase your dreams. What you mean chase your dreams? You ain't got no money. You ain't got no education. You ain't got no connections. What you mean chase dreams? You better you better get you a, a, a decent little job and try to make a career out of it and sit down somewhere. That's what fear sound like when it's talking to you. Generational wealth. What you mean generational wealth? Your mama broke. Your auntie's broke. Your grandparents broke. They parents was broke. They parents was broke. You're not finna change nothing in this family. Go on, sit down somewhere. That's fear. You 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 gonna get over this this depression, this anxiety. You gonna allow yourself to believe that life is worth living. Man, go on, sit down somewhere. Cause you know you're gonna be right back to crying and 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 having a panic attack in about five minutes. Go on, sit down somewhere. You talking crazy. That's fear. But you gotta learn how to tune that out. You gotta learn how to stiff arm that, stiff arm that. <laughs> you gotta learn how to like stiff arm fear for real. No, you sit down somewhere. Cause God already said that I could have this. So you, you sit down somewhere. Like I said, I believe in a God who said that he could give me the desires of my heart. And ain't nowhere in the desires of my heart is fear. So you can go on sit down somewhere. That's how you got to start responding to your fear. Fear, you are not a constant. You are temporary. 
Because as soon as I get over you, it's going to be some something amazing on the other side. So sit down somewhere. Have a seat. I don't got time for you right now. I'm too focused on on this amazing opportunity or this this blessing or this 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 new phase or this change in my life that's that's sure to come with some new understanding or a blessing or or elevation in some sort of way. I don't got time to be considering fear. Having sad conversation with you while I'm trying to get something done. Don't sit down somewhere. Start re- start responding to your fear in that way and see what happens for you. And I encourage that with your walk with God as well. Allow God to start revealing the things that you fear. And trust in him to help you conquer that fear. But also, let go of that fear of surrendering. You've tried it your way. You've tried it everybody else's way. Where's the fear in trying God's way? Where's the fear in believing that God can do everything he say he can do for you. And if that fear is within yourself and not God, hate to break it to you, but you're not more powerful than God. So it really don't matter what you fear. God said that you could have it. God said it was yours. Your fear is only getting in the way of getting that, of of, of receiving that. I'm going to put it to you like this. You, you, you just had a, you just had a brand new baby. If you're a man, your lady just had a brand new baby. You invite you invite your folks over. You invite invite your peoples over to see the new baby. And somebody walk up to you and ask to hold your baby, but it's fear in their eyes. They they look petrified to even be close to your baby. They almost shaking. Are you gonna hand your baby over to that that person who is clearly full of fear, or are you gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna need you to figure out your situation? Because I'm not going to pass you my precious baby while you over there shaking like a stripper in in church. I'm not going to do that. Because you might end up dropping my baby and then we're going to have to fight. You would never do that. And in that same way, you're going to have to stop handing your life over to fear. Stop giving fear a chance to drop you. Let God carry you. Let God hold you. Let God rock you and calm you through the storm because fear can't do none of that i really hope that with this episode of the podcast y'all really are are hearing me on this fear thing because for a lot of us this is where it starts for a lot of us this is this is our problem it's why we have not embraced our purpose because we're fearful we're holding on to this this concept of of mediocrity that we've settled for. We've become comfortable within it because all we've known is fear. All we've known is complacency. All we've known is settling. But you got to step out of that fear if you want more. You got to step out of that fear if you want better. And you got to step out of that fear if you want relationships. I promise it's worth it. Truly appreciate y'all for listening to this episode. And I'll see y'all next week. Be blessed.